You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Fremantle. Welcome to 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. It's just gone 10 o'clock. Before it start, I'd like to acknowledge the Watch Up people of the Noongar Nation as traditional custodians of the land on which we work and play. I pay my respects to Noongar elders past, present and emerging. Today on the show, we've got the radio's world's greatest wingman, Pete Skelia, the man behind the website aleagstats.com. Morning. Morning, Pete. And a very, very special guest, our first guest for the morning, the wonderful Phil Trayanides. Morning, Phil. How are you today? Good morning, gentlemen. Fantastic. Ah, there you go. See? Well, I told you he had the voice for football. Yep. He had the voice for radio. (laughs) And he's got the looks of it as well. As well. That's right. He's a very gorgeous man. As is Pete. Pete, how's that beard going? It's, it's still struggling a lot. <laughs> I'm just getting a run-up for November. <laughs> yeah. Later on the show, we're going to have Molly Appleton, the Tasmanian-based journalist, who's going to tell us all things uh, women's football, including the 2022 Women's Asian Cup. We'll discuss that a little bit further. Sam Kerr finishing that tournament as the Golden Boot winner. A sensational effort from Sam. Seven goals. And uh, didn't get past the quarterfinal stage. No. But, you know, when you flog... F- oh, well, I've got to use the phrase. When you flog a team... I, I, I stopped doing that. Flog a team 18-0 in the finals of a major tournament. There's something seriously wrong there, eh? Well, it all counts for nothing if you then lose as soon as you come <laughs> it up against... to nothing if you then Semi-serious lose. opposition like they did. Well, we, we discussed that last year when we saw the draw that it was either going to be Japan or South Korea and either one of those was going to be a difficult uh, ask. But we'll talk to Molly about that one later. Yeah. After the Molly, uh, uh, after the first hour, we'll have Dan Israel, the competitions manager at Football West. So he'll be able to give us a, a, an update and an insight onto all things happening this season in the Football West space. And lastly, we'll have the football tragic himself, Aaron Trevathan, who's going to fill us in on anything we may have missed in the hour and a half before that. Yep. So, without further ado, I'll, normally we put on a few uh, a few sweeps, but Phil's here at the moment. Phil. Yes. I'll 
was riding past. I was riding past. The <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd come in. I thought I'd come in. You need a seat, a seat canopy, eh? <laughs> That's right. That's right. And for those missing the in-joke there, oh, obviously uh, Pete is the uh, the A uh, model here in the studio. I'm still on the uh, level 2B category and Phil, first time in, is a C grader at the moment. <laughs> but we'll upgrade him there later on. Phil, those that don't know, ex-Australian goalkeeper. That's a, that's a generous term. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a fact. Even for the subclause or the qualification before we get carried away. It's one game. One more than I played. One more than I played. Against Moscow Torpedo. In a friendly in Melbourne, but it was an international and I've got the Winfield, Winfield soccer <laughs> 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 and smoking sponsorship yep. uh, on my wall at home. So uh, <laughs> I've got the T-shirt, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to do. You know, um, I uh, regularly, those listeners that are our regular favourites, and we, we, we love you, and if you are a regular listener, make the, uh, make the thought process of becoming a member of Radio Fremantle. Everything helps. Uh, we're all volunteers here. But, uh, yeah, those that hear me know that I've played for Australia as well. Unfortunately, mine's uh, Subidio, but more, hey, than, more than once. Yeah, yeah. And at a World Cup as well, to boot. So, you know, that, 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 that's what puts me in the B category here. <laughs> 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 but, Pete, uh, we were going through um, some stats. Phil, you're too modest to yourself. <laughs> what stat do you hold that we, we're still trying to verify with our A-LeagueStats.com guru? <laughs> What league do you record do you hold there, Phil? All right, well, in the in the old National Soccer League, the NSL, uh, yes. I was playing for at the time, Preston Macedonia. Yeah, not South Melbourne Hillers. They did try to recruit me. They did a death a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I played for Preston. Now they're Preston Lions. Yep. And since I was just short of eighteen and played about two hundred and fifty odd games there. Of which I'm pretty confident it's still 197 of them were in a row. Yeah. That's a, that's awesome. A, I'm pretty sure it's still a National League and A League record. Well, I mean, that, that, that there's very few competitions at, at that level where you're going to be playing 200 consecutive games. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Regardless, I mean, their suspension, which surprised me, Phil, because you know, <laughs> the, you, you don't know, you don't have a bit of a mouth on you, and I would have well, thought that there could have been. <laughs> 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 the Wasn't me, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Were you ever uh, substituted off or anything like that? No. So it was l- not only 197, but a 109 full, full, you know, 90 full. minutes, 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. A few cup games and cup competitions and night series where the, you give the second guy yep. a go and that yep. sort of thing. But, no, it was it was a good long haul. Uh, played through a few injuries. You don't, you don't tell anyone you're injured here. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, that's – don't give the sucker the even break because if you're injured, he has a good game, you're not back. That's, that's right. right. We never had sports signs. signs <laughs> 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 Those guys are very respectful. They've lied on the community. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got an eyelash out of place, you can't play. That's <laughs> it, yeah. He's brushed his hair 27 times. Sorry, the 28th time he's going he's to pull that uh, quad muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Finishing at five and rushing. I was driving 46 k's to training and back, and 
Oh, it was it was, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, we'd fly off, yeah, you know, on Friday night to go to Queensland, and only Queensland was a night stay, but it was it was fun. Mm. So some of the some of the players you were playing against, we mentioned Bugsy Niskahus off off air, who was the one that was coming close. Yeah. To you with uh, consecutive records, but he was what? What did we say, Pete? One hundred and fifteen, one hundred and eighteen. That, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Was so around, yeah. still a long way away from from one hundred and ninety eight. Well, no, but Bugsy was one one ninety five. One ninety five. So consecutive. Consecutive. He played until Ooh. he was forty. <laughs> 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 he really wanted that record. <laughs> he, he, was, he was fantastic. Yeah, well, and, and so never cautioned, or sorry, never sent off. No. So he had an extremely great career, and I got, I got, as I told you before, I got to that ninety seven great. And then, um, but Michael Petkovic was just behind me. <laughs> and then he got a call up to go to Germany to try out in Germany. <laughs> and I was, I agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're thinking he turned up in Germany and everyone went, no, who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> he still wonders why you're around his house packing his bags for him. <laughs> so it was a wonderful song, wonderful song. Some of the plays you were playing against? Oh, look, the, the ones that probably still remember, Zarko Jarkov still played... For Australia back then. Wow. Um, and he was a, he was ex international ex foreigner, but played for the Socceroos. Oscar Crino, Paul Wade. Paul Wade, yeah, Mr. Um, Socceroo. Mr. Socceroo. Yeah. Back then. I'll save two penalties of his in one game. You're joking? Ah, wow. Knock South Melbourne out of a cup competition. <laughs> nice. So I'm going to mention in his book. I'm going to like Phil Fraley saving two penalties in one game. <laughs> so, so, and Paul's good value as well. Yeah, he is. But no, it was. Like a really good time back then, but to highlight, to highlight, oh, if we get onto the Australian thing, to highlight the the dis- disparity between now um, and the quality and, and the the professionalism of the Australian team now, we were broken up into two two Australian teams: one Sydney Queensland, and the other one was Adelaide Melbourne. Yep. yep. So it was an A, not an A and a B, but it was just like separate conferences. Well, the, the the teams were split due to money and yeah. travelling issues, so. Frank Arrock would, would fly between the both training camps yep. and train here and then go there and then call them in. Uh, and that was fantastic. Um, but he, he set up a training regime, and this is quite funny. We had to do with John Margaritas, the assistant coach. He said, right, you're gonna, we're going to set out 100 metre. We have to do 30 100 metre sprints, um, part of the morning program, and we're, all right, no worries. And then he, he handed the cones out to, to Robbie Dunn, who was one, who was, it was another one that was playing. Yeah, yeah. He handed them out to Robbie Dunn and uh, not Gary Cole. Gary, Gary might have been involved, but to... He was around that era. He was around that era. Yeah, and, yeah. and so we, <laughs> we marked out at 80 metre. Not hundred meter, <laughs> and so we started doing the we started doing the sprints, and John Margaritas is going, hang on, the boys have come back in like twelve seconds, and for hundred meters, that's not bad. I go, geez, boys, this is fantastic. Keep it up. <laughs> and so we've gone. Next time we're at the other end, we're going to move the cone out another about another fifteen meters because this is he can't report that we're doing eleven second hundred meters. <laughs> not without the Olympic committee getting involved. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> So that's the level. That's sort of. It was semi-professional, and yeah. it was it was a enjoy. We are we are the stepping stones of the current group. That's yep. how that's, yeah, that's how we should yep. look at it. And yeah. that's that's one of the reasons we got you on for these sorts of yeah. The success that we see today has been set in stone decades before. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Although I did see uh, this week that Bert Van Marwijk got the uh, the lemon and sars from UAE. 
those that uh, may or may not remember, Bert Van Marwick, ex-Socceroos coach, you go, who? Who? Really? What? <laughs> Seriously? When? No, he, that's how bad <laughs> Socceroos have been. There's some managers there we don't even remember. You know. I mean, I get asked, I do get asked constantly, though, people say, what has, what's the NSL compared to like yeah, now yeah. to the A-League or gonna, what's the mm. Australian team, through my limited knowledge, but what, how's that compared to the current? Yep. And uh, I go, look, arguably we could have, we're probably equal if not better, but we didn't have the infrastructure nor the professionalism nor anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly they're going to be, I won't say better, because, again, I, everyone asks me the same thing. And I you ask them to make the same – this is a very good um, um, way to work out how, how good your national team is or your local teams. Mm-hmm. And I say just simply count the amount of times they hold possession mm. and not just across the back between the back four when they hold possession in the middle of the park and just count them one, two, three, four until they lose possession. Now, if you, if you do do that, you'll find that the Australian football is – Five, four, three, other countries are eight, nine, ten, the yeah, Spanish yeah. 11, 12, 13 on well, average. Yeah, yeah. And well, therefore. I mean, Pep, Pep did, you know, the amount of times he, he's trying to push a thousand passes in a game. That's I mean, right. Come on. Hmm. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> but that's the, that's the difference between when you hear international coaches um, speak about Australian football, you, you hear them into So, what do you think uh, when you play Australia tomorrow night? And the, you'll inevitably hear, well, Australia brings a very physical game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that annoys me because they can deal with physical. Yeah. They'll just hold possession and tie you out. But that that shows a not lack of respect, but they're going, all right, we're going to have to deal with physicality. Yeah. yeah. But when we went to the World Cup in those earlier, the Kale years and Viduka, those. 2014, yeah. You'd speak to the coaches and they'd go, right, okay, well, all of their players are playing Premier League in Europe somewhere. That's right. Yeah. 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 They're a bit of an issue because technically they're very good and they've got very good individual players, so we've got to be very cautious about Kale or Viduka or da-da-da-da-da. There's a different scene now, but we've sort of reverted, I think, back to this physicality. Mm. And I I compare that to the same with the the A-League and I just watch the amount of touches before you lose possession. Yep. Yep. And if it's, it's one, two, three... A forward ball lose possession. One, so they're always battling and scrapping yeah, yeah. and mm. fighting, and it's ugly. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> and that, that's true enough. I mean, I was watching the uh, the South American qualifiers. Nobody, as as much as it, it should be there. When I saw the uh, the Paraguay uh, Brazil game, where you know both goalkeepers got sent off. Well, <laughs> t- t- Allison got two red cards in the game and still finished the game. It was, I mean, but nobody goes. Well, how, Brazil. How did the, that happen? Oh, you did you not? Oh, Pete, I haven't you seen it. See. So the first one, he's come out and Phil. No, no, not how did he get? Like, how did he get two red cards and finish the game? Phil will giggle at this one. So the ball's come in for a high cross. This is so the Paraguay keeper had been sent off uh, beforehand, uh, denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity. He's come flying out. Uh, he's outside the box, punches it away. Refs, no, no argument. Yep. Off you go. Yep. Well, I mean, the Paraguayans argued, obviously. <laughs> of course, for <laughs> sake, yeah. So, so about three minutes later, this is this is all within the first twelve minutes of the game. So World Cup qualifier, South America. Ball comes over a high cross. Allison, the Brazilian keeper, he goes, I can get that one. So he, he runs, and I'm thinking, ooh, because it's, it's outside the six-yard box. He comes running up and does the big, I'm getting everything, and smacks the Paraguayan uh, guy in the head, <laughs> side on, just above the ear, and gets the ball as well. Referee goes, you're off. See you later. What? 
He's, he, he does the old, what's that in my ear? <laughs> Hang on a minute. VAR have gone, no, he's got the ball, mate. So throw in. The, the Paraguayan's still on the ground okay. rolling about. I mean, he, he got a good smack. Yeah. So he, he gets a reprieve. Doesn't even get a yellow card for that one. I thought, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's... Uh. Right. Five minutes later, ball's coming in. Allison comes running out and goes, I can get that one, but I'm not going to come out with the fist this time because the Paraguayan got, uh, keeper got sent off. So he comes running out and puts the foot, studs and all, into the neck and chin of the Paraguayan striker. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. And I thought, well, that's off. Yeah, he's had your chance, mate. And, uh, you know, five minutes later, that's it. You're off. Ref comes running in again. There's your red. You're off. What? Hang on. Hand to the ear again. What's that? Well, let's have a look. Oh, no. He was going for the ball. So that's reckless. So there's your yellow card. <laughs> Two red cards in, in a game and in the first 15 <laughs> minutes and you finish the game. Sensational. But, like I said, I thought you'd get the giggle on that one, Pete and, uh, and Phil. Have you... Have you, in your time, <laughs> done something similar? No names, no pack drills, but there's times there where you must have gone, I'm getting all of this, nah, look, ball and all. No, nah, no. Nah, look, <laughs> one, actually, one time down here at Fremantle, just around the – I said I, I have never been sent off. Yep. And, and I think once a yellow card in, in, the, in the National League. But when I got to Fremantle, this, this player did get around me. I'd come charging. I was like 30 metres out of my box. He ran around me, so I've just simply grabbed him by the collar <laughs> <laughs> and picked him up and just held on to him and, and, and put him into the deep. And the, he's gone, oh, you've got to go. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> so. Well, <laughs> so we'll get on to some more serious note. Phil, you've got a uh, – we were discussing yesterday when we were talking ah. about what's going on for uh, soccer in general. We've seen recently, and, and as far as the, um, the Asian Women's Cup, penalty shootouts. Penalty shootouts. Oh. Penalty shootouts. You and I, as, uh, as referees, I hate the penalty shootout. That, that's, you know, we, we saw a lot of things there. Um, the African Cup of Nations, mm. that final, nil-nil, and that was the game we were talking about yesterday. Yeah. 190 minutes, well, is it 120, 120 minutes of... Yawn fest. Mm. Both sides wanted to win. Of course they do. You're in, the, you're in a major yeah. uh, confederation final. You want to win. You don't want to lose. And they went out there with the attitude of not losing. And it went to the penalty shootout. And away we go. You've got a, a radical idea on how we, yeah. can, we can make that one a little bit more yep. relevant uh, we, and, me and, me and entertaining. A, a gentleman from, from work, uh, Robbie, Robbie Hallinan, we, uh, Irish boy. We've got, we're, we're aware. We've got long football in tra- tragic, so we know... <laughs> yeah. we know 30 minutes of extra time can, can be okay, but it, inevitably they're tired and yep. it's dull and it's mm. drab. Then you've got the problem of someone scoring or missing a penalty and it's costing the World Cup. Yep. And then that's just it, the poor guy carries it for the next 50 years and it's horrible. <laughs> so all of those, those scenarios that we hate about the, pe- the, the, pen- the kicks from the penalty mark, yes. actually, not a penalty what shooter, it is. Well done. kicks from the penalty mark. <laughs> that's what they are. And, uh, and so all those things, I mean, FIFA's trialled the um, golden goal. Golden goal, and then and they went to the silver goal. Yeah. merits, but yep. then yeah. they've tried the silver thing. Then yep. they've also tried the one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, the, the American ones. Yeah. The American ones. The nazzle. Quite. We love the nazzle. So that wasn't too bad as well. But then Robbie and I, we've had a think about it and we've gone, right, let's change when the penalty gets yeah. the, the shooter yeah, happens. This is, this is where the radical comes in. And yeah. so you I finish, think I've seen this one, this suggestion. On you, the, yeah. you finish the 90 minutes and then you have the penalty shootout. Yep. And uh, 
your team wins you. So you you then go, okay, well, we've won the penalty shootout. Now, what that allows is if extra time is a draw, you're the winner. Mm. Brilliant. Mm. Which means Pete's team has to attack. Has to attack, yeah. Has to attack. Yeah. Because everyone's nervous in the in the extra time. Who's going to attack first? Or, no, we better not. Yep. yep. But Pete has to. Yep. Yes. Doesn't have a choice. Now, if he, if he scores a goal, then he's now going to win 1-0. Yep. Yeah. Therefore, they have to attack. Yep. Someone has to always be attacking. It's then now I I put this to I put this to the FFA. Yes. I put it to um, Football West. Yep. And got knocked back by saying, "Look, FIFA, we under the auspices 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 of FIFA." <laughs> yeah. I, I know the word you <laughs> mean. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to try to say yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know what you're English is my uh, first language. And they, they, uh, down there, yeah. And so we're, we're Unless they give us directive, we're not prepared to try. Yeah. Yep. And I go, okay. Okay. Well, that's that's a bit annoying. I'm going to see if I can get some uh, um, media traction here. So I rang up Craig Foster, Les Murray, these yep. sorts of guys yep. who I've knew through my era, and said, "What do you think? What do you think?" And they've gone, "Oh, well, yeah, no, we could think about it." So it's still arming and ahhing. So I've got a. I had a friend in Melbourne who runs the Bayside Soccer League. Yep. And this is all the like along the Bayside of Melbourne who the teams that don't want to travel. And he had about 30-odd teams there. And I go, listen, what would you think of this? And he goes, well, I'm not answerable to anybody. Mm. I can do it because yeah. I'm the president. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, I'm doing it. <laughs> I go, you'll be the first one in the world to trial it. And he trialled it in, the, in his cup competitions. He goes, fantastic. It was so much. It was You watched extra time mean something. Yeah. 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 The game's finished in a footballing context, not a penalty shootout context. And the only drawback was... The players said, oh, we got a bit cold during the penalty shootout. Yeah, yeah. Was the yeah. we had. And I said, just do some star <laughs> jumps, up. mate, or do some, bur- <laughs> do some burpees or something. I don't yeah. know. They get cold at half time. What, yeah. Yeah, that's irrelevant, yeah. really. But it, he said it was worked fantastic. So we sent off a letter to FIFA. Yep. And I, got a, I actually got a reply back from IFAB, the FIFA rules governing body, and then they would consider it and pass it on to their, yep. their rules and... And that's that's the end of it. Yep. But it was it, it had some momentum at the time. We loved it. We loved the idea. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, those that saw the Euros with um, having a uh, a bit of a dig at the more senior England players not wanting to step up to take one of those kicks from the penalty mark at the end of the game, mm. and then give poor old Jaden Sancho a hard time because you know the young lad at nineteen goes, "I'll take the fifth one." Yeah. yeah. He missed, yeah. unfortunately. But that takes that, like I said, that stigma. Of That's right. Those yeah. sorts of players to go. Well, I, I was brave enough to give it a go. Okay, I've missed it, but we're, we're not out of it yet. We're not, and therefore yeah. imagine that mm. player missing it, but then scoring the winner. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not, that, yeah. That, that, that redemption. Yeah. Is 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 yep. a good story. Villain it's a lovely hero. story. In, in, so, in thirty minutes. Yeah. That's That's, right. that's actually not the version I'd heard. So I, I had seen this bandied around. Not having it after ninety minutes, but actually starting the game with a penalty shootout. Oh, if it, if it's a knockout yeah. match, and then just. <laughs> Playing as normal, but you know, hey, if it finishes a draw at extra time, um, then you've got the you've got the result. the The thing, the the sort of the arguable criticism was that the team that won the penalty shootout might come, you know, just park the bus for ninety or well, one hundred and twenty minutes. That's right. And it's on the other team to, you know, it's on the the team that lost the penalty shootout to win. I've always I've always like wanted to see it trialed in a in a proper tournament yeah, and just see yeah. how it goes because um, it is an interesting alternative, as you say. Uh, you probably don't have the issue with the players getting cold if you took the penalty shootout at the start. Mm. But you're also, as you say, then a team has to attack to win. They That's know right. there's there's no holding back for them. And That's then right. if they score, then the other team Yeah, has no, to it's, it's, it's brilliant. It, absolutely brilliant. Now, Phil, one of the other reasons that um, I was very, very happy to have you on, ah. 2014 
World Cup. What are your memories from that one, mate? I know mine were a little hazy. We'll leave, and, and, we'll and, and ten, ten days of those were in a uh, in a uh, very very comfortable uh, hospital down at the Copacabana, which uh, I'll, I'll talk about later on. But uh, in an ICU bed. I, well, yeah, it was three days in the ICU bed. That was fun. Yeah, wired That's... up. I've got a photo of that you can see on my. No, no, no. But yeah, I was. <laughs> Apparently, according to the doctors, that close to death that I couldn't uh, couldn't feel it. Poor bugger. But <laughs> well, I do have to thank you for your tickets that you did give. Me. <laughs> I did see. I went over there with no tickets to any game. You, you know, I got, you gave me three of the games he had. Yeah, so. yeah, we had to. Well, don't anyway. So anyway, fantastic the, Brazil, fantastic. Yes, the the Copacabana. I remember being fantastic. The beach there, the the whole the whole setup was fantastic. I, I couldn't complain. Um, I, I laugh when uh, the city of Fremantle here, just down on the Bathers Beach there, they, they were going to have some put some chairs out on the beach there and have some. You can have drinks and food on the beach. They yeah. had ten, ten chairs and it was roped off. Yep. Because <laughs> they're worried about people might go crazy and get drunk and yeah. pissed and all that sort of stuff. And I think you know when I look at the Copacabana Beach, <laughs> and I go, there's it's about six kilometres long, maybe half a million people on the beach. We'd be <laughs> sitting down in beach chairs, staring up at the big screens. Yeah. With, with Half a million over six just spread, and it's yeah. 70 deep and it's packed. And all you do is put your hand up, and runners would come down. What do you want? I want this, 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 this drink, that food. They'd disappear up to the, yeah. all the restaurants yeah. at yeah. the top there, then run back down and give it to us. Yeah. It was sent, and we can't fight with 10 people. Yeah, beautiful. One of the days that stick out in my mind was the, uh, the Brazil Mexico game. <clears throat> so we were living or staying at a place. Officially Rio, but the other side of the harbour. So those that saw the uh, the 2016 Rio Games, the Olympic Games, the harbour where the yachting was, we're the other side of that. So we had to ferry across. So we went down there very early that morning, probably about uh, nine o'clock. We went to Ipanema Beach, as people do, which was the other side of the Copacabana. And we thought, oh, okay, yep, we'll get there early, and then we'll we'll go down to the to the FIFA Fan Fest tent. Um, jumped over the groin. So we walked around the groin from Ipanema Beach to, to the Copacabana and it was just a wall of people. They guesstimated, because nobody took any official <laughs> records, they guesstimated that on that beach, that six-kilometre beach, there was between 700 to 950,000 people. They had, um, as Phil was saying, sc- big screens. We're talking big monster, screens. you know, huge. <laughs> the one at uh, Optus Oval. Yeah, that, that's a big screen. Mm. Bigger than that. Yeah. Huge. And there was about six of them, so they staggered up the crowd. And I, I said to, to Phil and the crew that we, we'd gone there with, no, 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 we, we, can get, we can get to the FIFA Fan Fest, which was the other side of the beach, six <laughs> kilometres down there. And we got to what, maybe the third big screen and went, no, this will do. Yeah. And as Phil said, <laughs> I said, geez, I'm a bit on the thirsty side. Next thing you know, there's a guy with a, um, a, a, a plastic garbage bin full of ice and beer. And it was what four reais of beer, which worked out to about a dollar fifty uh, for the for the Brazilian Brahma beer. Yep. He 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 pitched tent next to me. Good man, good man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he did well to uh, to do that. I said, you just stay there, mate. Don't don't you worry. People come to you, but I'll be your main customer. <laughs> Sensational game that one. I mean, I've got reservations about Qatar, but. Don't we all? Yeah, yeah. Yep. We, anyway. we can do a whole show about that yeah, one, yeah. We, and, and we have. Yeah. In you know, if, if you put all those bits and bits together, there's probably two hours of us moaning about Qatar. <laughs> uh, it was yeah, 
that don't start me down that wormhole. It was a, <laughs> it was a sham of a vote, and it's going to be a sham of a tournament. But at the end of it, someone walks away with the World Cup, and it's going to be in history. Yeah, yeah. that's fair enough. And the World Cup after that, they're going to muck it up completely by three, going to three countries, four, yeah. 40 teams over three countries. 40 teams group, over, groups yeah, of over three countries. And, yeah. You know, Mexico... USA and Canada, so it's good to see Canada qualifying for the World Cup again. Well, they're actually looking at, uh, sorry, in, in uh, North American qualifying, Canada's sitting top of their group, so they're yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. we spoke about the resurgence of Canadian football, both men and women, yeah. on this show uh, in recent years. Obviously, we saw the Canadians for the third year running at the Olympics get into the Olympic women's final and, yep. and eventually get get the gold that they were looking for, mm. but, you know, I'm sure the Australian team would have gone, hey, silver medal's great. <laughs> But the Canadians are going. No, no, we've had enough of the silver. Let, let, let's go. Yeah. And, and that's what happens when you get a, you know, a, a structured thought process from grassroots to international level. And the Canadians put that in place a long time ago, and they're reaping the rewards now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about refereeing? Refereeing, but that's what you're on here, Phil. Go for <laughs> it. No, no. Well, just I'm um, just just to, to to give you the heads up. Now, the handball rule. Come on. Has changed again. You're joking. Oh, really? To yeah. what? Yeah. Come on now, uh, to I, what? I, I, I went through the, the, the conference a couple of weeks ago. Which I didn't, so and, go for and, it. And I don't know. Is this the forum? Do, uh, we, go. We, go, yeah, for no, yeah, go for it. By all means. No, it's it's same, as, same as it has been, but now. the, uh, the, the uh, when, when a striker, for instance, when it, when, it hits, when it hits his hand accidentally. Right. And they immediately score a goal. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, ne- it's not a goal. Okay. Good. okay. The the immediacy, the word immediate, yep, has has said that if it's a, even if it's accidental, yep. you can't philosoph- philosophically score a goal from Fair enough. from a handball. And everyone that happened about two years ago. Yep. And everyone's gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All yep. right. That seems. And players have worked with the last two years. It's been yep. brilliant re- yep. refereeing players, and they go, I go, no, you just can't. Not when you score. Yep. If it's out on the field, hit your hand accidentally, you pass it around. Pass it on. Away you go. Yep. Yeah, no yeah. dramas. Now, FIFA are in there. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, FIFA have now gone, well, if it strikes your hand accidentally, right. so it's an accidental handball, but if you then pass it off to someone who's you know, right next to you in the six-yard box and they score, brilliant. that's it. That's yep. good. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, oh, yeah, it's still pretty immediate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've still gained an advantage, but that's in play now. So if it hits my hand and I hit it to the keeper and he saves it back to me and yep. I tap it in, that's okay. If I hit it, if it hits my hand accidentally, I hit it at the goal, hits the crossbar, comes back to me and I tap it in, that's not okay because another player has not been involved. Right. Because mm. I've still scored immediately from... From the handball, yeah. And I'm just going, well, okay, if I shoot it and it strikes the keeper and goes in, no. Because oh, that's, yeah. that's immediate... What, so someone else has to... It, what, what if it hits your hand in the middle of the park, bounces <laughs> down your feet, but then you go on a mazy run, no one touches you and you score, so no one else has touched it? Now, see, <laughs> the annoying part of that is that's going to happen to me tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> oh, no, now I've got to think about that. No. Well, again, immediacy means within okay, a so, second. Yeah, yeah. But if he's enough. gone on to run past four defenders, yeah. then that's an issue with those four defenders. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had a change to that, and the other one is the... Again, we've been reasonably confident with this, um, the, the hand away from your body, making your your, um, your body your, bigger, your, your, your body silu- bigger, yeah. silhouette bigger and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we've been asked to become um, f- f- uh, understanding movement of the body because now <laughs> if a player's running, <laughs> yeah. 
if we deem his movement to be a natural part of the whatever dynamic he's doing yep. and it strikes his hand, so the hand may be away from the body, but he's running yep. at full speed or he's slowing down or whatever and it hits it, it's okay. Oh, man. You're gonna. I don't know if you've you've ever seen Friends, but the episode where Phoebe go, Phoebe goes running and she's swinging her arms in all directions. That's what the players will start. They're going to be swinging. Like, all oh, sorts this is this is my natural running style. <laughs> and they're exactly throwing right. their arms around that's and exactly doing the octopus while they run. Unbelievable. So, well, that's going to open up a can of words. We've just gone to uh, ten thirty. We're going to get no uh, Molly Appleton on the line shortly. So stick with us. You're on one hundred seven point nine Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program with Phil. Pete and uh, the trainee level two, Huey Best. So it's the first time back here. The regular listeners know what that means. We could be having another half hour from uh, Phil and Pete, or we might have Molly on the line. Stay with us. Oswest Fencing and Royal Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Royal Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Welcome back to Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Pete. I want to say uh, thanks to our partners, Futsal WA and Greg Farrell. Greg joins us regularly to talk futsal, and you can register your team in the Superliga, Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing and gates, and Gate and Fence Hardware WA for all your fence and gate components and automation to upgrade and protect your property. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Pete. Yeah, that was remiss of me not to do that (laughs) top of the, uh, the show. So, sorry about that. Now... Here comes the moment of truth. <laughs> Molly, good morning. How are you today? 
Good. How are you guys going? Ah, ha, ha, oh. ha, ha, ha. Now, see, again. that's the fun part. I uh, I pressed the wrong button, but you're on now, Molly. How's things Good in Tasmania? Morning. Good morning. I can hear you guys a bit better now. You're a bit of a whisper a moment ago. <laughs> Fantastic. Huey's never a whisper. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, panicking. If, if he's whispering, there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Molly, we've got you on to talk all things uh, women's football. What can you tell us about yep. the uh, 2022 Asian campaign for the Matildas? I mean, it was, it was a wild ride, wasn't it? Oh, wild, yeah. The highs yeah. and the lows. The I, highs and the lows. Um, yeah, I think... Obviously, we didn't live up to expectation, but the Asian Cup's always been harder, I think, definitely for for, for Australia than um, what what I think we would like it to be. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, whether we've gone in underprepared, overprepared, however you look at it. Overconfident, maybe? Perhaps. We've not played heaps of Asian teams either in the lead-up. Yeah, um, which you know has the good and the bad sides, but it made it hard to gauge. Up until you know we did get Korea, and Korea did shut us down, and we couldn't figure out a way to deal with that. And then G up the other end just made us pay for not taking our chances. Yeah, now we, um, we sorry we we did mention when we saw the draw uh, that the quarterfinal was going to be between Australia and either Japan or South Korea and we were hoping mm. for the South Koreans which, which, so we got what we wanted and and still um, had that issue do you think Gustafsson and the the FA should be targeting these higher ranked and higher performing Asian sides like Japan South Korea rather than you know rubbing our hands and, and getting our goal for by smashing Indonesia 18 nil um, I think it depends on what we're approaching. For an Asian Cup, sure. Um, but for a World Cup, the chances of meeting an Asian team um, in the smaller competition, I'm not sure how it will be in 32-team mm-hmm. competition it's going to be, but in the 24-team competition, it was less likely because, you know, you're, you're in different pools That's and right. you're, you're not going to meet them in the group stage. It's unlikely you're going to meet them in the second, in the knock, first knockout stage. Um so I think, you know, going for the Europeans, particularly for the Olympics, it was a good tact. I think it taught us a lot. But obviously Asia really does bring out different different elements and different different things that we, we obviously need to work on. I think we've needed to work on for a very long time. And it's why, you know, the last the Asian Cup before this one, we struggled against Thailand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Thailand got pummeled at the World Cup. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So whether it's the expectation of the Asian Cup or whether it's uh, we just don't play Asian teams very well. Because we've also played friendlies against South Korea where, where we've absolutely served it to them yeah, yeah. Um, yep. in true. Melbourne a few years ago. Mm, I forgot that, um, yeah. So I think it's it's a whole, whole raft of things, I think, that, you know, we went into confident and Asia's a really strong, challenging beast, especially especially in a really hot, humid India. Molly, what do you think of the issue sort of facing, let's say, Asian women's football, where they've expanded the, the cup to include extra teams, which theoretically you'd say is a good thing, yep. but it does mean that a, a weaker team like Indonesia comes in and they get pummeled 
eighteen nil by by the Matildas. Uh, not not from our perspective. There's we've, we've had plenty to say about you know <laughs> the, how great we did against them and then lost against South Korea. But yeah. uh, like, is that overall is that a good thing for growth? Is it does it help a team like Indonesia to the fact they make it to the big stage? and get a taste for it, or does it hurt the more that they get to the big stage and then they see themselves get, get absolutely pounded? Uh, like, so uh, which, which think, way? What, what's the better alternative? Yeah, um, I think, you know, in an absolutely ideal world, if you're going to expand um, the amount of teams that are in it, yep. you're going to provide the funding and the support and the networking and, you know, the stuff that teams don't, aren't left in a position where they don't have the coaching, they don't have the mm. players, their players are still all 16. Yep. Um, you know, obviously it was unforeseen that we would have a pandemic. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's so that's a spanner in the works um, in terms of, you know, there's probably, I don't, without knowing the ins and outs, I imagine there were football programs in some of these nations that stopped because of the pandemic. I mean, if you look at Australia, even like Victoria, you know, Victorians haven't played two seasons worth of football just about outside of the W League because yep. of the pandemic. So I imagine that's hit some of these developing nations. Um, but I'm interested, like, it happens everywhere. Um, it happens, you know, in Europe, I think. Yep. It's, I don't know how big the Euros is going to be, but definitely for the qualifications, England's winning double figures yeah. on yeah. the regular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be the same for some of the other bigger countries too. I just pay a bit more attention to England than the, than the others. Um, but, you know, it happens, happens in most federations. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see, you know, the Asian Cup have a, a smaller competition and you know, really make it really good and solid yeah. for every game. So a game bit, you want. A, a um, bit more elite. Yeah, well, so yeah. The, the Asian Cup for women at the moment is only three groups of four. Yeah. The, it's only the, the worst two performing teams that don't make the quarterfinals. I mean, surely we should be yeah. increasing. And I understand the point Pete's making. Uh, you, you've got to allow teams of, of ability and potential to mm. be... Um, presented with the opportunities that higher competition comes from. But yep. when only the bottom two teams drop out, one of which was Indonesia, play three, <laughs> lose three, yep. goals for zero, goals against 28 in three games. I mean, yeah. th- th- there's, there's got to be better quality teams than that. So, I mean, that, that's, that, that's the worst performing team. And obviously, if you're playing mm-hmm. like that in a group stage of any tournament... <laughs> That's almost like me, me at the Sabidio World Cup. I'm pretty sure that was yeah. the goals against when I uh, when I played. They smacked me, but uh, you know I needed that uh, uh, exposure to the higher competition to improve. It's a, it's the old catch twenty two, isn't it? Well, uh, hi Molly. It is. It is. Sorry, hi Molly. Phil Fry, need his hair going. Um, Good. How are you? All right. All right. Um, I think cr- cricket had the same, or they did. either had or still have the same issue because they had a several cu- countries who were playing in the yep. World Cup and mm. were getting battered. That's yeah. right. And Can they've actually it? shrunk the and World they, Cup. And they've yeah. shrunk it, but they've, you can make a, an initial qualifying for those lower-ranked yep. teams yes. to play their own okay. mini World Cup or whatever you want, qu- mini qualifying uh, yeah. World Cup, and then the top two get in. Which, which interestingly, is also what happened uh, for football men's World Cup qualifying in Oceania. So we yes, remember the right, days yeah, of yeah. the, uh, the yeah, Socceroos, yeah. you know, winning 31-0 and they scrapped that. So the 
the minnows amongst the minnows, so to speak, because right. yeah. Oceania is a small group so, anyway, but, you know, your American Samoas and your Tongas and, and Vanuatus and so forth right. have to play a qualifying just to get into the, you know, in air quotes, the bigger group with yeah. New Zealand and in Fiji. and yeah, in, right. in Fantani with his uh, two World Cups uh, every four-year cycle, maybe the, the, oh, the, the second one could no. be first in. Anyway, that's, uh, that's a different uh, kettle of fish there, Molly. <laughs> the, the A-League women's, how's it, uh, yeah. how's it going for you? Um, it's it's going. I'm a bit it's going. <laughs> I'm a bit frustrated that Paramount don't do the um, yeah. quick replays because I work awkward hours, so I'm always you know catching half of game or just finishing when the game like the last ten minutes of the match. So I'm not getting to watch as much as I would have liked when you know Ko even with uh, the wrong code of footy with AFL. <laughs> yeah, that's I, right. You know, <laughs> Flick back and restart, and even if it bundles up, I've caught most of the first half, and I'll catch the last ten minutes, and um, that's all you need in AFL anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Smack. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I think obviously you know Sydney's thrown down the gauntlet and victory. Um, you know, touched the tapped them on the shoulder the other night to yeah. go, hey, we're going to be there with you. Yeah. Um, I think Perth done very well, especially considering all yeah. all the challenges you guys have had and you've got a really young squad so I'm really hoping that, you know, you can stick together for another couple of years and really be pushing teams like Sydney and Melbourne Victory. Um, and then Adelaide's the complete surprise, not surprise package, I think it's been coming and coming but it's always been this thing where it's like, when is it actually going to arrive? They've got lots of young or they have been young kids that have worked, played together for, you know, five, six years now, yeah. close to. Um, and it's finally, you know, they're finally seeing dividends. And obviously, Dylan Holmes coming back would be a big one for them as well. Mm-hmm. And they've got, you know, two forwards that are scoring, which is a very new thing for Adelaide. Yeah, we, we, hear, we here at Radio Fremantle are taking a, a, a bit of credit for that one because uh, <laughs> the lovely Miranda Templeman is the reserve goalkeeper. Yeah. Put, put, putting con- pressure on the first team. Congratulations so. to her. She did make her appearance as well. That's so, right. um, um, you know, well yep. done, Miranda. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we couldn't be happier. Uh, the 2-2 uh, Sydney versus Melbourne victory. Did you catch any of that? Not at all? With I did, things? I did. I caught, I caught at least the second half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and it was. I thought Sydney had it. I was so happy when Remy scored, and yeah, I was stoked. And then um, as a Sydney fan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then there's nothing worse than losing a clean sheet record, record to to Melbourne, and then and then to let in the second goal the way it did. With yeah. um, you know, we've never been good with crosses at Sydney. Yeah. I think we've done well to prevent teams from getting down the channels. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once teams get there and can get a cross off, it's always a bit touch and go yep. um, with communication between our centre-backs and Wyman. Um, but... Yes, yeah, so that wasn't great. To no, no, lose I, 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 that way, I, I thought you'd get onto that one. That was West Brom, West Bromwich Albion, like that defending. You know, like it's a cross that should be out every day of the week. It's like you yeah. got it, you got it. Where's the keeper? He yeah. hasn't got it. Oh my goodness! Ninety second minute. We've oh, come on now. Usually for us, it, it, it's facing the wrong way completely, <laughs> and you're just going, "Why are you facing towards goal? Facing <laughs> away from goal?" Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I took a bit of a giggle out of that one, but. And particularly because, you know, we're over this side, so Sydney don't matter too much to us and, and the victory, you know, 
we could do without them as well. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I can agree with you on that one. I can agree with you on the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, I've got a question. Yes. How can we get more women involved yes. in refereeing? Mm. Desperately. Now, with that being oh, said, Phil, des- the, the, desperately. The, the Asian Cup, the Asian Cup final was uh, was Casey, Casey Rebolt. She did that. We actually had um, a quartet. The only uh, match official that wasn't from Australia on that Asian Cup final of 2022 was the AR2, who was from UAE, I think it was. But we had the referee, AR1. We had the video referee and the assistant AR all from Australia. Well, I still would have preferred to see the Matildas in the final than no, the well, referees yeah, I mean, in the yeah, final, yeah, just yeah, saying. But we, but, yeah, you but you've got two referees here. We're, we're, we're happy, as, happy as pigs in, uh, in a smelly substance. Okay. <laughs> but how do we get more women? Yep. How do we get more women involved? How? Good question. I think it's twofold. I think, like, firstly, it's um, really celebrating those big wins that, you know, we had so many referees who are at the top of the game and yep. they're women and they're performing so well. Um, and also, just Having been a community ref um, myself, I think it's just, and it would be the same for boys as well, um, just teaching players and um, people and parents, particularly, and coaches, you know, just to respect the referees. Like, um, You're talking our language now, Molly. <laughs> really tough. Um, and, you know, respect the referees no matter what, especially in, like, small towns, which I imagine... First, similar to Tasmania, I imagine, mm. where if you've got a referee, you know what club they play for, you know they don't like your club, and <laughs> so you sort of hold that against them. So I think we need to sort of have a bit of a cultural change of going, no, actually, they're referees. They're going to do the best job that they do. They're going to cock up, and they will probably stuff up for the other team as well. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So it's all even. Yeah. Uh, Phil, Phil and I are referees and that's what we used to say you know, if we consistently get the decision wrong at yep. least it's consistent refereeing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've sat on I've, 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 watched a, I've watched a rugby I've sat in between two rugby games and two uh, football games and where I've been assessing the referee and then I listen to the, the players on the rugby fields yeah. And no one says boo no, to the referee I turn to the mm. football field yeah. and I go oh that culture stinks Yes, mm. that's yeah. atrocious. That's mm. genuinely. That's mm. why kids kids bail out early. Mm. They're scared of parents. They're scared. Of, our, our culture needs a makeover. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. do you think maybe the FA could be putting uh, in place a an elite refereeing performance program similar to as Phil has mentioned uh, a couple of other codes AFL in particular and and cricket do it extremely well where retiring players whether they've been pushed or have have moved on due to a few other things, work commitments, those things, to get them fast-tracked to elite programs as refereeing, particularly from the women's side of things. Do you think that... Yeah, I, I definitely that's something, I think that's something that could work. Um, sure, I think, you know, all around there needs to be more innovation and thought put into, put into how we do getting more referees, and if that's a pathway that's available, then that's great, you know, and I think that'll also come with more women's games Hopefully with the A-League women, you know, we've got one one more club this year, so we've had extra games and extra need for officials. Yep, yep. Um, and hopefully, I think there's meant to be, I know Western United look like they're very likely to enter next year. They're acting mm-hmm. as if they are. Um, and I think Central Coast were meant to come in when they do as well. So um, I think more games will also help that elite end of things. Um, you- yeah, I think... It, 
definitely grassroots is probably also a thing. Yeah, like like you said, the difference between rugby and and soccer with yeah, how we oh, treat yeah. the referees is huge. I mean, we're all for expansion. Uh, the, the 10 team, as it is at the moment in the uh, A-League W, thank you, Pete. <laughs> um, we see, as you say, Wellington, and we know the, the, the struggles and, and, uh, and the, the situation that they are in. Um, 12 games, one win, one draw, a minus 22 goal deficit and only four points. You think, oh, that's not, that's not the greatest of seasons, but then you put into... They're only five points behind sixth place. Yeah. And you think, yeah. well, now we're looking at the top end, so between sixth and fifth, so uh, Newcastle Jets in sixth place, our glory in, uh, in fifth place, outside the finals at the moment, but there's um, a nine-point nine gap between those two sides. Yeah. That's, that's mid-table. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a huge gap for a mid-table yeah. side in any league. Um, yeah. Can... can Again, another one that we can throw you under the bus with the talent pool. H- how do we how do we increase the elite talent pool of women's football? Not that you uh, are going to give us the, the the ultimate solution <laughs> in, in, in the two minutes you've had to, to think about it. But uh, do you have any thoughts on that one? Here's my plan. <laughs> Here's my plan. Hello, hello, football Australia. There's my plan. Get on it. <laughs> uh, look, I can show you the Tasmanian plan, but <laughs> go for it. You know, we'd, we'd be interested to hear that one. Then, please, yes. Yeah. So. In Tassie, um, I think it would just be, um, especially because I'm in the north of the state, the mm-hmm. statewide competition. I think I don't think the statewide competition works as well as it should. Is I that because of the north and south, or the the the, the Launceston Hobart rivalry? Mm-hmm. Well, because well, so I'm a bit further than Launceston. I'm another hour and a half from Launceston. Crikey! Um, and we've got a team up here in Devonport where the spirit of Tasmania right. comes in. Yep. Um, so I'm a little bit further than Devonport, but they're um, the team that's down the road from me that play the state league. Um, so they're travelling three, four hours one way wow. to get to Hobart, and that's nine times a season, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Do they um, do they have sponsorship with uh, with transport? Like they're, they're, obviously they'll need to pile on a bus or, or something like that. I think Devonport too. It used to be at Alberston, um, and Alberston. they would have a bus. But yeah. yeah, so that's where I'm at. So it's 15 minutes away, 20 minutes from Devonport. Um, but Devonport, they've got all that sort of. They've got the men's NPL team in there as well. Um, so I think to, but I think with the women, the Northern Comps so strong mm-hmm. that if you put the Launceston and the Devonport teams back in the Northern Comps. And had that as an adult comp, and then had a under eighteen or seventeen, and then had an under fourteen beneath that. Yep. That sort of had three like tiers of comps without ah. including the south. Yep. That would you would see players that at turn sixteen no longer can play youth football stay in the game until they're adults. And they find their um, natural, uh, you know, the, the cream rising to the top, and those that wish to, to not progress can, yeah. can have a, a meaningful competition to play. Yeah, that's a good good thought, sure. Molly. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, Molly, we had um, we had Tony Sage on last week. The uh, the Tassie Glory. You've got to be pumped for that, hey? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you be coming from Alveston all the way down to, to see them play? You've got to be an honorary Glory game yeah, yeah. fan for that, even if they're even if the oh, women are playing in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> we can send I you a shirt. I wasn't working on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on the Sundays, which is a real pain in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the good news is, as I said, we had Tony on last uh, last week. The uh, the final game that the Glory play there is going to be the double header between the uh, well, with the uh, Glory women's playing as well. That that'd be one to to put in the diary. Get yourself down there for that one. Mm. 
Oh, absolutely. It's definitely one I've been trying to find a way to get down to. Oh, that's, uh, that's it. That's the noise we want to hear. Go, oh, look, I can, I can work from there, you know. I'll come <laughs> to the game. I'll write three stories about it. That's fine. <laughs> I'll build a newspaper with it. It's all right. <laughs> Go out the road and jump on that Devonport bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. They'll let me on. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you tell telling me, you know, the, uh, the, the boys over at Radio Fremantle, they'll, they'll let you on. They'll definitely, they'll definitely shut the doors <laughs> I was on you. Say, <laughs> shut the doors and drive off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, what, what else can you tell us? Uh, with the, the, the 2023 that Gustafson's got uh, in mind, do, do you see that progressing as we would all like it to be? I mean, that, that um, eight, again, to take it back to the Asian Cup, that, that 18-0 flogging against Indonesia, he basically played uh, the, a full-strength first team. There was literally yeah. no need for that. that. That would have been the ideal time. And I know you're limited with squad size in major tournaments, but there was plenty of players there that, that needed the experience at, at major tournament that he just went, oh, no, we need to... We need to pump Indonesia by as many as possible. No, you, three points is three points. You win one nil. Each each game in your group, you win one nil. Yep. You're top in the group. Yeah. You don't need eighteen nil. We did we miss a I trick think, there? I think um, it goes both ways mm-hmm. in terms of um, he wouldn't have won. And I'm not saying it's to you guys, but just the media in general would have picked on him for not having you know, Sam Kerr and Emily Van Egmont start and that sort of stuff, even though we're probably screaming here going, you know, start someone else. We've got other people to start over them. Um, I think that, you know, playing your first team at the start a great move. I think um, just to go, this is our team, um, and no matter who the opponent is, um, especially considering all the players do come from, you know, everywhere. We've not had a camp beforehand. We've had a few games, but we've not really had that first team opportunity to gel. Because there's probably an argument, really, for that whole group stage to have not had um, to have not had our starting eleven start. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, yeah. It just the games that we should win with our reserve players, really. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, we need. To Start our starters, and I think we've had enough games where we have put in youth and we have put in young players. I mean, Tony Gustafson's put in, given more, handed out more deb- debuts than um, Alan Stajic and Ante Milicic combined. <laughs> I went through and did the numbers. So wow, okay. Tommy, yeah, it's only Tommy Samani who's given out more in the past. Is it right? Um, however long it's been since Tommy was in. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that was a nice afternoon for me spent doing those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pete's world. <laughs> but, 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 you know, all our stars that we see now, they all came in Tommy Smarty. So they're 10 years in, you know, they've been there. So it's going to take another long time for them to be in there. And, you know, should they be thrown in first game of the, their first tor- international tournament uh, without those? So, you know, Claire Wheeler, that was great to give mm, her yeah. um, a go. But if you were to throw her in without Emily Van Egmond, without Tamika Yelp, I can't remember if Yelp started or not. But, you know, without Sam Kerr, without um, Alana Kennedy at the back and Claire poking on to really support them, would she have played so well? Mm. Yeah, OK. I don't know. So you win. So you win nine nil instead of eighteen. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, I mean, again, just, just looking at that... that 
Group B table, Australia top with nine nine points. Like I said, one nil, one nil, one nil. There's your nine points, but they were plus twenty goals ahead of second place, hmm. and that you know. I more don't understand how um, the Philippines had an easier second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I don't understand. Like I know how it works, but I just don't yeah, understand that's right. how. That's, yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, because uh, again, going through that, they played Chinese Taipei one-one after yeah. uh, regular time and three-four from kicks from the penalty mark. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, that, that's that was the the absolute well mind-blowing situation for the uh, for the group that we were in you know china played vietnam we had to go against south korea japan got thailand chinese taipei got philippines i mean it it, it has all the hallmarks of um positive discrimination to a smaller <laughs> nation i would have thought but never mind you you, you play who's in front of you that's and of right. course um yeah that's that's just as it as it goes along doesn't it you know yeah the philippines uh obviously put up that that um Fine performance in the semi-final to mm. to push South Korea just a two 0 win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. You know, so credit credit definitely goes to them. But yeah, you've got to. And, and are we got to be wondering? Are we crediting the uh, the Philippines coach or um, or their playing staff? Um, I think whoever's idea it was to cherry pick some <laughs> American college players. Um, was brilliant. Yes. Yep. Um, you know, it's a similar recipe. They're not the first team to have done that. No. Won't be the last. You know, it's what Jamaica did to do right. so well to get to the World Cup um, a few years ago. So I think you know they've just done what they've obviously had a couple of people in who know football and go, we need to do this, and you know we'll develop underneath later. But we need to just pick the best players now and not field 16, 17 year olds like Indonesia did. Yeah, no, we've seen um, many nations do that. I mean, Germany, Jerome Boateng. I mean, his brother was playing for Ghana and Jerome was uh, winning World Cups for Germany. It's like, again, is that another pathway that Australia should be uh, exploring to be looking at um, the... Diaspora is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, the the yeah. diaspora well, around got, around got, the world and uh, say Martin, you know, Martin Boyle for the for the well, um, that's soccer. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so we do it. Well, I don't know how much we do it on the women's side of it, but certainly there's a few men that um, have maybe. I a think we struggle to yeah. get out within our own country sometimes, let alone the world. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, I know you're probably aiming more at you know twenty year olds who are you know starting out in. Twelve year olds. Um, we want a twelve. A twelve year old Brazilian. No, not twelve. Sorry, twenty. 20 <laughs> yeah. years old. Get, get a sixteen year old Marta <laughs> Junior coming for for the Matildas. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> watch out, Mary Fowler. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Mar- Mary's got uh, Danish history, hasn't she? A Danish ancestry. No, oh, I don't know. got Irish in her. Oh, okay. She's got a few. She's got a few nations she could have played for. Mm. Um. But yeah, so I think I think we've got enough trouble scouting our own country. Um, but I think it just we need some good scouts, you know, and that goes across the board. I mean, I'm sure that we all watch, we all watch. But any anyone who watches, you know, state leagues or you know the top top leagues for women in each state and each region, you go, oh, that player's not in the right division. Yep. That player mm. should be playing up here. Or if they went to Melbourne or Sydney. 
that would be playing in the top ten. That would probably make a you know a WD team. They'll definitely make a Wanderers. Wanderers will take anybody. Especially if you play for Illawarra. Mary Fowler, by the way, uh, also qualifies for Ireland and Papua New Guinea. So Ireland through her father and Papua New Guinea through her mother. So I'm happy to have her for Australia. No trouble whatsoever. She's going to be uh, talent for years to come. Yeah. Well, with that, uh, Molly, we've got a a full board of, uh, of guests coming up. We thank you very much for your time. And, uh, and again, as we always say, it's it's always marvellous to, to giggle along with our favourite Tasmanian. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you can get yourself down to the uh, to the Tassie Glory and see them play. I'll certainly try to, yep. And we will talk to you uh, during the season. As I say, thank you very much, Excellent. Molly. All the best and have a, a good afternoon. All right, thanks, guys. Thank thanks, you. Molly. Molly Appleton there. Sorry. Molly Appleton there, our favourite Tasmanian journalist, and, yeah, anything that she doesn't know about the W... Sorry, I nearly did it. Nearly did it. A-League women's, thanks, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) It's not worth writing about. And and as we alluded to, the glory, as we know, have still been trapped outside our borders. Mm. Uh, The news has come through that the borders are coming down. March the 3rd. March the 3rd. So hopefully glory fans in Perth will get to see them. But in the meantime, the glory have... Three home games coming up three based games. in Launceston. So yep. tomorrow afternoon, 4.15, that's local... Uh, sorry, 4.05, that's local time, which I believe for us is about one in the afternoon. Um, um, the yeah. glory is home, you know, in, in air quotes, home, home against home. Brisbane Raw. Mm. Uh, Wednesday night uh, against MacArthur FC. And then on Sunday next week, the 27th, it's a double header. So yep. starting local time, 4 o'clock, the women are playing Sydney FC. And then at 6.45, the men are playing Western United. No, that, I, I'm... Yeah, I think that's uh, WA time, Pete. No, 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 that is absolutely, that's their local time. You're kidding. Because so th- it's one o'clock in the afternoon, the game tomorrow. Like for us, to, if you want to sit down, you turn on Paramount, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, okay, so it's, it's going to work out to a, a, a more um, enjoyable time for us to watch it. It would if I hadn't had plans at exactly one <laughs> o'clock tomorrow afternoon <laughs> and then I saw those fixtures and went, well, that's going to be on in the background at least. I, I thought the October first was in October, Pete. <laughs> Oh, you've got to warm up for these <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, got to warm up. <laughs> All right, well, we are going to take a, a short break. After that, we will have the Football West Competitions Manager, Dan Israel, on the line, if everything goes as it should. Uh, so stay with us on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. You're listening to Phil, Pete and Hugh on the World Football Programme. Good for nothing lazy. Morning, beautiful. Oh, didn't you forget something? You're listening to the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Join myself, Penny Tannerhoth, Pete Skeeler, Sean Kelly and Hugh Best every Saturday morning in the 10am to noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football Programme. 
can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock yeah. You can move a mountain, you can break rocks You can be a master, don't wait for luck Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Listening to Community Radio, powered by passionate football volunteers just like myself. You can appreciate the entertainment by becoming a station member. Hi, I'm Phil Kelly, Chair of the Football West Men's State League Standing Committee. Listen in next for Western Australian local football news. Well, well, well. Welcome back to 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. A bit of culture there. What happened? I don't know. Someone she, snuck that ad in. When someone we snuck that ad in. Good work. On the line we have Dan Israel, the competitions manager for Football West. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning, mate? Yeah, very good, thanks. Trying to stay uh, out of the heat, but otherwise all good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? Dan, what can you tell us about the upcoming seasons and the competitions that Football West have got on the go? Um, well, I mean, there's quite a, a lot of things happening. Obviously, we're um, gearing up for another massive season. It's going to be an interesting year, as we can all imagine, uh, with um, what's going on in the world around us. But <laughs> we're very positive. Um, as an example, um, our... Um, applications, team nominations have just closed on the weekend and um, you know, while we had 750 teams placed, hmm. we had over a thousand teams come back and nominate so that's really positive wow. we've got but yeah, we're 20% up on our registration from the same time this time last year so again, it's, it's positive in the sense of people now getting back into football mode mm-hmm. and wanting mm-hmm. to talk about and think about how do I get involved in football? How do I play football at whatever various levels that is? Um, and, yeah, there's some exciting um, changes that we've made to some of the competitions, and there's some more um, pieces in the pipeline that we're going to be looking at um, over the coming year to try and implement for the 2023 season and beyond. So, yeah, exciting time. So can you tell us about some of those changes, in, in a nutshell, that uh, would be a bit of a surprise or, or new to our listeners for this season? So, um, I'll be very keen to start off in the winning space. Yes, um, we all are. Well done. For, for this um, for this season, we're introducing a women's masters competition for the first time. Wow! Um, and we've had some real good um, take up. Um, and again, look, I mean, uh, the age limit will be thirty plus, so slightly younger than on the men's side. Okay. But, um, again, it'll give us an opportunity. We wanted to. Um, Set our bar a bit lower 
and make sure the tournament could get up and running. And yeah. as I said, the, the, the response has been tremendous. We're hoping to have even a couple of divisions within that. So, um, again, we'll see how we go once the team nominations and sort of settle and fall in. But we're, we're really pleased with that. And um, additionally, go back to the other end of the scale, we've introduced an under eight girl wow. competition as well mm. this year. So, um, you know, for the women's side, we're, we're, um, we're tackling it from both ends. And um, I give a quick plug as well. We've got. Go at the beginning of March, there is uh, what is known as Female Football Week. Um, yes. It's a whole week of activities. Um, we will be doing a Girls' Day Out um, event on the Sunday the 6th. It will be, um, I believe, held down at Florida Athena's Ground, um, which will be the new home of our NPC program as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be running some club workshops. Um, so th- We're also kicking off a, a, a series, our Hyundai Club Workshop, and... Um, seminars and, and webinars and the first cab off the rank to tie in with that will be a workshop on uh, female football and how clubs can um, promote, get involved, set up, um, improve. Um, so we'll have a, a very interesting and eclectic panel of, of guest speakers and experts in the women's space. So um, that's really exciting. For the year ahead, we will be reviewing our NPL women's competition because it's the third year yep. of the club now and probably time to see how, how that's shaping up, whether there's now room for expansion mm-hmm. or is it promotion relegation. Yep. And because of that, we'd like to also have a real good look at the underpinning league, the structure for that. There was a lot of um, talk with the women's standing committee last year about a restructure to align um, to eight. 18 divisions and, and, and almost have that linear structure in, in the women's game. So that's, um, that's probably in the pipeline uh, for 2023, um, but certainly the work to go into that will, will be happening and we'll be going out with all our women's clubs and consulting them over the year. So, um, yeah, some, some big and exciting movements in, in the girls' and women's space, obviously ahead of 2023 being a massive year, um, you know, with the Women's World Cup coming of course. to Perth. Yeah. Uh, well, coming to Australia, but really exciting that it's actually uh, making its way to Perth as well. So, um, yeah, we're really looking um, at that space uh, quite significantly um, this year. So that's exciting. <clears throat> In the men's, mm-hmm. um, we've had a few a few changes. Probably um, one of the biggest changes um, has been um, in our men's state league. Um, various uh, rules have changed over the last couple of years from FIFA in regards to um, the status of a league. Essentially, they have declared that should you have one professional player within the league, Mm -hmm. the entire league is professional. And what that then means, not that everybody in the league has to be professional, we still are allowed amateur players in the league, but the league itself has to behave like a professional league, which means that there are registration windows, which means that clubs will now be required, and, and they have because that registration window is closed, and to submit us a roster for the first team, register all their players within that period, and register any players that are getting paid over a certain amount of professionals. And, and it's been tremendous. In terms of the update, um, first year, difficult, you know, probably clubs didn't have a lot of time to kind of put this in place. Um, and, yeah, I've been really, um, really um, amazed at the positive response and the effort um, that the clubs have gone to to try and do the right things and to try and improve the governance yeah. um, within our game and the compliance within our game. It will also then mean 
that state league competition will then have a transfer window mm-hmm. as opposed to previously where players could kind of move up <laughs> yeah. until that first half of the year. So, yeah, that's going to probably see a very um, materially different change. Now, there are some exemptions within that. A player who's under 23 right. um, doesn't need to be listed on the club's roster to be able to play. So that, again, you know, helps them to promote youth players and allow them to um, to bring up players from the reserves. I mean, there are some mechanisms for playing the reserves up. We know there's going to be times when you're going to need to call on your reserves, um, you know, especially if you've got injuries, suspension, yep. players out with COVID, etc. So um, there are some mechanisms for that as well. But yeah, just in terms of moving that governance structure of that league, and you know, it's it shifted the dial. It's moving towards where the rest of Australia game is heading within that there's a few big pieces coming over the next couple of years a domestic transfer system yep. um, uh, an aligned calendar across the state all those kind of things which means for WA this is the first step on the road to that and it's really exciting um, we've had it in the MPL the year before obviously it continues in the MPL this year um, so yeah it, it'll be very interesting to see how clubs go but with night series kicking off all the, all the clubs seem to have their squads in place and, and uh, yeah it was uh, a little bit frantic over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but pretty close where we've ended up. Well, Dan, with that uh, that information, that, that's fantastic. Can I ask two questions? Question one, and I, we don't need clubs or, or you know pack drills that sort of thing. Uh, can you give us roughly a percentage of of players that are now listed as professional uh, across the leagues? And secondly, with the under twenty three scenario. With like you say, you want them to to get as much match time as possible. Will there still be the the cup tied scenario between under twenty three players coming up from the reserves, getting a, uh, a a gig in the first team, and then being cup tied to that first team for the rest of that uh, competition? Mm. We, we've discussed that on this show more than a few times, and, and we find that to be a little bit disingenuous that you want the player to to be exposed to a higher competition, and most times that's in a in a cup run, and then having that player not then be able to go back to his, his regular squad of friends and teammates because he's now been cup-tied because he, he may have come on as a sub for 15 minutes or has started the, the, the whole game in, in that particular cup-tie. Could, could, there, could there be a chance that that gets reviewed? Yeah, so a couple of, a, a couple of pieces. Sorry, to go back go. Um, yep. to, to your first question. Yes. Um, last year, across WA, we had one professional player. Right, yes, we knew that. That player yep. had been on a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. So that was actually the second year of his deal. Mm-hmm. This year, we'll have more than 100 players. Brilliant. So you can understand the shift, yes. both in the mentality of the club and the understanding of what to do. And, and again, you know, look, it, it's taken us a long time to understand it. Football yeah. Australia have had to work with us. Uh, we've, we've liaised with the other states to see how they do it and then to bring the clubs on board. So um, that's, for me, as I said, you know, that's a massive growth. When I was talking to my counterparts in the other states and they had you know, several hundred mm-hmm. um, professional players and they asked me why we only had one, you know, <laughs> it's very difficult for me to, to answer. So, look, I'll be much more confident when we have those discussions this year and I think it will grow again um, in, in future years. The reason it will grow again is because it, it provides two things. It provides um, some comfort and... Um, some control for the clubs um, and it provides some protection for the players um, and, and so there is an advantage for both the player and for the club to be uh, in a relationship which is formalised additionally that allows that process to go through the football process 
And when you're an amateur, unfortunately, you have a dispute with yeah. your club, yeah. and that typically then has to go through maybe a civil process. So, again, you know, we want to um, help our club, especially at that top level where we're talking about about talent. And, and yeah, so um, hopefully that sort of gives you an indication um, in the first part. Yep. And um, the other thing um, probably worth touching on is last year we undertook a um, very substantial rules review process. Mm-hmm. Um, believe a couple of years ago, um, our rules had kind of been condensed. Um, then we had COVID. Um, and what <laughs> I discovered last year was my first year was that we probably had a few rules that were a little bit out of date, were mm-hmm. no longer relevant because yep. the competition format had changed, or that they were just, you know, um, wrong. we we went through we embarked on a really um, hefty process part of that was public consultation we worked very heavily with all the various standing committees and we've got nine of them across across our game and we set up a rules review group we dedicated quite a lot of internal resources to really combing through it and we ended up and again there was a lot of within that process a lot of review go back review then, obviously, the final piece is that's got to go back via um, our legal team, get, got to be signed off by the Game Development Committee and our board, uh, which we've now done. Those, those rules have been published. Um, probably took about four to five months, that entire process, and we ended up with over 500 changes to the rules. Wow. You understand, um, you know, it's, it was a, a fairly hefty review. Do we yeah. think that's everything? Absolutely not. Um, and, again, what we're uh, looking to do is continually open that public opportunity for feedback on the rules. So if, um, and we'll have a, a space on the website, and it's really handy because we were able to, to, within the form, link to the rules. So you can actually have a drop-down box that said, this is the rule that I don't like, and then there was, you know, this is why I don't like it, this is what the, you know, and again, so if we talk about the scenarios that you were mentioning, you know, we, we probably did get some concerns about um, cup signing of players. Um, obviously, Different competitions have slightly different rules. So the leagues and the cups are slightly different. The roster requirements for both are different again. Yep. So, um, in, 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 in respect of the cups, let's say, um, you don't necessarily need to be on a club's roster to play in the cup competition. Right. Okay. And when we talk about cup buying of players, and again, look, and we will probably have to be very flexible this year because we understand not only your usual um, <laughs> requirements to promote players. But, again, we, we understand that there will be gaps through COVID. Yeah. Players will, will, will have tested positive. Other players will need to come in. And so we will need to look at some of those and and be very uh, mindful of why a player is playing up. Right. On the flip side of that, yep. what we want to be able to do as well is protect the integrity of the competition. What you don't want is, you know, a genuine let's say, first-team player who happens to be a very young kid but is tremendous, coming down and playing in a competition, which he is above. Right, um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so you've got to balance the two. You've got to allow a little bit of flexibility. Um, you, you've got to try and, and work within those parameters. And um, Typically, you know, that more comes into play when we're talking about finals, semi-finals. The rules, again, kind of come into play. Um, you're right. In terms of the juniors, typically if you've played one age group then your cup size from the other age group um, and, and we would and, and what clubs would typically do in that scenario is explain to us that we're going to have to promote this player because we're short of players here can we pre in advance ask for an exemption for him to then be allowed to go back see right. there's a difference between doing it that way then 
coming back to us after he's played 10 games in that field, oh, he needs to come down and play down. Yeah. Um, at which point we might be saying, look, why don't you bring up, let's say that was a 16-year-old coming back to the 15, because he's only 15 years old, mm-hmm. we might then ask the club to bring up a 14-year-old. Of course. Um, so, yeah, look, it, 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 it's always a tricky balance, um, and those, um, those specifically those eligibility rules were, were very um, heavily prominent in that review. So, yeah, I do urge people to go back, have a look, and um, we will also be posting the the master document with all the changes. As I said, 500 changes, and don't expect everyone to look through all of them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, again, hopefully it's listed in a way that, you know, specific to each competition and people can sort of delve into the bits that affect their right. competition and where they sit. Dan, we, we've had a, a listener um, message in. Um, now, Swan United uh, apparently forfeited last night due to COVID rest- isolations. Does Football West have a COVID policy for, for that competition and for the ongoing competitions? Or the, yeah, the upcoming look, it's competitions? Yeah, a very unfortunate um, situation. Um, and, it, and look, let me, just, let me just say, A, that Swan is probably not unique. Yes. And B, that we will be experiencing more and more of this. Oh, of I mean, course. if you look at the yep. amount of local cases today, if you hear that the borders <laughs> are going to be opened in March, mm. um, and WA Health are talking about probably a peak in some time in April. Um, so we are 100% expecting this. We've been working on um, some um, COVID planning for, for quite a while. It was brought up to us, uh, not that we needed really no. um, it brought up to us, but it was brought up to us by um, members of, of um, the State League Standing Committee as early as November last year to begin this planning because at that time the borders were supposed to open at the beginning of Feb. That's right. And mm. So now, unfortunately, during the planning process, a lot of things have changed. So every time you kind of almost set your plan, and the rules have changed again. And and, and it's, it's look, I mean, the, the basic principle is you've got to stick to whatever the WA uh, government health advice is. And, and we will stick to that. We can have the debate as to whether players ought to have been um, mandated to have a proof of vaccination and the state government erred on the side of community sport you know needs to go ahead and they've not gone down that route that's presented its own challenges Mm -hmm. and so what we're working on are some protocols and guidelines and and some guiding principles ideally what we want to be is consistent across the season and essentially what we're looking at really is um Typically, let's forget about the night series competition. I'm, I'm talking about the league for the time right. being. Yeah, and yep. We'll come back to the night series in a second. No, I uh, think... But we're talking about um, postponement over cancellations. Look, at the very last resort, we'll have to cancel games. Mm-hmm. We don't want to get to that stage. We want to be able to finish the season. And we're putting in place some guidelines and some protocols for clubs to be able to request a postponement due to COVID. And then what would be the framework for being able to do that, what would then happen, how quickly you would need to rearrange your fixture, how quickly that fixture would need to be played, and we'll have some milestones across the season as to how many right. games we can afford to lose before we have to start oh, yeah. or, or, or changing those regulations. Now, when we talk about pup games, they're probably slightly different, yeah. and the reason they're slightly different is the timing component. So if we look at the Swan United game as a good example, the issue is you know, could we postpone that game? Possibly, but when are we going to play it? It's going to have to be played before the before next weekend, which means they're going to have, they would have had to play midweek. Again, ground availability becomes a question. Would those players have been out of the COVID situation three days after they were supposed to be playing anyway? Probably not. So in in that case, you know, we took the decision that our threshold for for cancelling a game would be higher in the cup competitions and in the 
um, and in the night series games. And the reason for that is, is um, timing. The reason for that is there's also um, you know underpinning teams that could potentially bring players up. Now every club's in a different position. Swan didn't quite feel able to fill the team. It was really unfortunate. We worked a little bit through that with them. Um, you know, no, absolutely no um, problems from Football West's perspective as, as as to their position. You know, our position, unfortunately, was, look, you're going to have to play. And if you can't play, you're going to have to forfeit. They looked at their numbers. They looked at what was going on in their club. And, and it was, yeah, it's unfortunate. Look, at, at the end of the day, Hopefully those players have a speed of recovery. They're all yeah, back exactly. Oh, no, exactly. The start of the season. No, again, it's, uh, our thoughts going out to, to Swan United. Like I said, it was a listener coming in with, with that specific question. So, yeah, sorry that, that was at short notice. It, um, no, no. And, and it's, it, it, it's very pertinent. But, yes, 100%, before the start of the season, and we will have out to the club the guidelines, the protocols for requesting a postponement, what would what would be deemed necessary in order to do that and then the mechanisms for doing that. And again, then we'll need to work with the clubs on rescheduling games and we understand that not every club is in the same position. Some no. clubs may have life, some clubs may be able to host midweek games, some clubs have 30 teams and, and moving 30 games is, is almost <laughs> impossible, other exactly. clubs have five teams and it's feasible. So we have to deal with, with, with clubs on an individual basis we will have protocols that will be very similar but probably the the, the thresholds will be slightly different across the league um, and then we'll work with with all those competitions and um, again our our base desire always will be let's complete the season let's play football let's let's and um, get out on the park and do the thing we love but also we have to be sensible and we have to be safe about it and by the way you know without all of that we know what happened last year you know suddenly yeah. we had the wet Wettest winter on record, and we had six weeks there, barely anyone had the ground to play. That's right. I saw Noel with his art going down the street a couple of times. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, if you uh, went down to Wembley Downs last year, there were well <laughs> yeah. Now, lastly, before we let you go, that, that same listener's come back here and, and asked a, 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 another specific question, which may or may not throw you under the bus. Is there a, um, a, a parameter or a guideline that tips a club? Over that COVID uh, threshold, is there a, is it a number of players? Is mm. it uh, you know players throughout the club? Is it the club itself? Um, how uh, is is that quantified, for want of a better phrase? Yeah, look, and those are kind of been the debates that we've been having, and, and some of the back and forth that we've had, and we've 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 engaged with our standing committees as, as the touch points for the various competitions to mm. see what you know what considerations, what concerns, what level of comfort. Yep. And let me give you another example. Go right? for it. It could be a sheer number of players. Yep. But let's also then ask, what if I've only got two players out? Should we be postponing that game? Probably not, right? You should be Good. able to carry yep. on two players. Yes, okay, yes. next question. What if those two players are your goalkeepers? Yep. Right, now we've got a different question. So there will be um, some caveats. There right. will be okay. yes, a, a sheer number. Let's, you know, uh, and again, yeah, we don't need you to give us that number. Yep. So no, no, of course not. But um, then there will be a level above that number where we might review and go, look, are there other extenuating circumstances? For example, what about the coaching staff? Yeah, yeah. All those kind of things. Now, we might take those things into consideration. By themselves, they may not be enough to postpone a game, or they may be. Um, And again, it also depends, as we said, that rule or or that 
consideration will be different depending on the competition. If it's a cup competition, probably we'll, because of the time frames, we'll, have, we'll still have to play within two to three weeks. So there won't be as much option to be flexible on those ones. But in the league, um, yeah, we'll certainly be looking at that. Um, but whatever we do, it will be uniform and the clubs will know Brilliant. about that in advance. Brilliant. And, and so, that, that, that's, again, that's what uh, I think that listener was, uh, was after, you know, just whether it, it, it can be can be quantified they'll find those things well, one last thing that I will add go. Um, and we've not mandated it but I really urge the clubs in all my conversations with clubs um, you know they're all in unique situations oh, facilities yeah. are different everyone's changing rooms club rooms number of teams are different so every club needs to have a real good think from the committee level down what's our COVID policy how do we mitigate do we stagger yeah. um, our training times what's our cleaning protocols do we not use the change rooms during training mm. Yo, mm. Do, we, do we switch things up so that should a player get infected does that then knock out the entire club or it's contained within maybe a smaller group within that so yeah. Yeah. Um, those are the conversations we're having with clubs will it Will we get to a point where everybody's got it? Probably that's unfortunately <laughs> the way the world's going but yeah we just try and mitigate the risks obviously Dan, Phil Trinidis, Phil how are you going? I heard you, speak, Hello, I heard you speak at the referee conference. That's the first time I met you, so you did well there, so I'm impressed. Uh, would you consider changing the penalty shootout <laughs> in, in, your, in your cup competitions? Go on, to, Phil. To, no, look, it's, it's another conversation. We had that earlier this morning, but uh, moving the penalty shootout that, um, after 90 minutes instead of at the end of the game, it's something I might cross paths with you later. Yeah. You, you mean you mean like no extra time goes straight to penalty? No, 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 no. What, what? Ice hockey do, which is shoot from the halfway line. You've got eight seconds. I, I was watching <laughs> ice hockey. Was brilliant. Another nazzle convertee. <laughs> Whoever hits the crossbar first. <laughs> <or something. laughs> no, we'll have that conversation another time. Now Phil's got a, a marvellous and radical idea on, on how to, to stop that uh, an hour and 20 minutes of... Um, of just dreariness that uh, was the African Cup of Nations final, which with nil nil, and just waiting for the penalty shootout to uh, to get a result to win a piece of uh, silverware. Yeah. Dan, we we really do appreciate your time this morning, and and love to have you come back on because there's more than a. Well, I can think of several things right off the top of my head right now to continue this conversation <laughs> with, but we've got other guests lined up. Uh, thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely, pleasure, gentlemen. And we look forward to talking t- with you uh, during the season. Absolutely. We'll speak soon. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dan. Dan Israel, the football competitions manager at Football West. Yes. Jeez, there's some things there. I, like, I was getting hammered there with these uh, text. <laughs> Come on, guys. You know how hard it is for me to run this thing without these extra <laughs> ones in front of me. Come on. Give me a break here. <laughs> um so, 3 0. Is that, uh, I remember seeing that. Has that actually come up as a Swan United 3 0 defeat? Because oh. uh, from what Dan was saying, that, that's cancelled, not postponed, that fixture last night. Yeah, because yeah, obviously the drama is with the pre season that you only have a. Yeah, it's, know, it's there and then, exactly. Yeah. Look, whereas a normal, a normal league match, theoretically, you could postpone yeah, it for three months. Saying, it's, yep. You know, squeeze it, squeeze the time. Um, I was going to say, throwing him under the bus, but he is the greatest radio wingman in the world. It's what listed here as a 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> it's, it's listed West Knights, one United, uh, nil all. Oh, okay. But uh, I, that's probably just a record-keeping thing. I imagine right. it would be listed as a... as a. You've got any other fixtures for us there, oh, uh, Pete? I do indeed. So this is, the, this is the Men's <laughs> State League Night Series. Oh, and the so. women start next week, I think, uh, next weekend. That's right. They're, they're kicking off shortly as well. So the men's will run through the fixtures that I have very, very quickly. Um, 
last no, this is last weekend. Mum <laughs> FC four nil over Kenning City, and Forest Field four nil over Gosnell City. That was uh, in Group A. In Group B, we had uh, Quins three one over Kingsley, and Wanneroo and Joondalup United played out a nil all draw. In Group C. Curtin Uni had a 1-0 over Rockingham City and Mandurah City Southwest Phoenix played out a one-all draw in Group D. There's a lot of groups for the men's, for the yeah, state. No, we, we'll, we'll, I was just thinking mainly of the uh, the NPL there, Pete. Oh, uh, you want the NPL? Okay, yeah, we'll yeah, go over the NPL. Sorry. There's only the other two games to yeah. go. <laughs> we go no those no offence to our state league uh, <laughs> listeners, but uh, Hugh do doesn't them? think you guys are worth <laughs> mentioning your results. So uh, last night at Percy Doyle Reserve, Sorrento Thanks, defeated Armadale. Uh, 6-2. Wow. So interesting scoreline there. Uh, and coming up uh, this afternoon slash evening at Dalmatnak Park, it'll be Perth SC against Inglewood United and then Coburn hoping for their first win over Balcatta. That's Group A. Group B, last night's result was a 3-0 win to Sterling Macedonia. So for those of you there, we go. Hey. They sort of have a uh, Macedonia um, history. Uh, that was 3-0 over Gwellup, Croatia. And then coming up this evening at Frank Drago, it's Bayswater City against Perth Glory and Floriot Athena against... Red Star Belgrade. <laughs> no, sorry, no, sorry. No. Uh, sorry. We're not allowed to do that. Come on now, Pete. Well, There's it absolutely says... no affiliation between Red Star and Red Star. You know that. Okay. Sorry. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll read out what's listed here, which is ECU Joondalup SC, <laughs> although it has the Red Star now, logo. Now, we, we spoke uh, about that last uh, last week. Yeah. Um, and the reasoning for that is that they wanted the heritage to start at the beginning of the actual season, which is coming up soon. Okay. So they said that the two clubs, um, Northern Redbacks, will play the uh, Women's Night Series under the Redbacks banner. Okay. ECU are playing under the ECU banner. And when the season proper starts, it's Red Star. Okay. That being said, we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to see if we can get Aaron Trevathan, the Football Tragics podcaster, online. He hasn't answered my message, so uh, <laughs> we might be waffling on for about another 20 minutes if he doesn't answer the phone. That uh, that's a small technicality that uh, I can deal with because that means I've done everything right. You're with 107.9 FM's Radio Fremantle, the World Football Program. Big Phil, greatest wingman in the world, Pete Skelia, and myself, technician grade two, Hugh Best. We'll be back shortly. Stay with us. And that one. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Rotain is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Rotain. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor.
Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Veron. Hi, I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out aleaguestats.com, my website where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008 respectively. You're listening in to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle and we appreciate you tuning in. There you have it from the man himself, the world's greatest radio fr- wingman, Pete Skeely. He's still giggling. He I'm, knows I'm exactly blushing. how true that I statement am, is. I am blushing here. <laughs> On the line, we have Aaron Trevathan, the Football Tragics podcaster. Aaron, good morning. Morning, how are we? We're sensational. Afternoon where you are? Yes, about 2.30 or so, so I should have said afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we always get that one wrong, being that we're over this side of the border. Mate. Heaps going on in the world of football. Where do you want to start? Um, look, I'm happy to start at EPL. Um, obviously, my boy is Chelsea just came back with the football cup trophy. Yeah, so yeah. No, I thought you might want to start there. <laughs> Uh, I, w- I said to um, to Sean last week I was going to wear my uh, my Palmeiras shirt, but I've, I've got the Botafogo shirt on uh, today. But what a good result that was! Romelu Lukaku, ex West Brom. Good to see he's uh, he's kicked on. Yeah, it was a it was a very very game. I think um, I was expecting I was expecting a tight game given that Chelsea's not really been in great form recently. But it was one of those games that we really couldn't afford to lose, having lost it back in 2012. I remember watching yeah. that game. Yeah, um, we really couldn't afford to lose the, the second time. So I think it was, it was a bit of a weight off our shoulders. And yeah, thankfully, thankfully they got they got done. Number of the Kaku obviously scoring two in two over in Qatar there. So that's important. I suppose important for him, given that he's obviously again not been in great form himself. So hopefully that kind of kicks him on for the rest of the season. Yep, yep. And and also from an Australian perspective, and for our referees in the yeah, thing gonna... here, we had an Aussie ref uh, refereeing the the final as well, which was fantastic. Well, to we see. had the we had the the, uh, the three card trick. So it was Chris Beath, and yep. again we've we've meant I when I say we, it's the Royal I have mentioned Chris <laughs> Beath. This is now his fourth major tournament in the last two seasons. I mean. He, he's running himself into the first place position to be the World Cup referee coming up in Qatar. Uh, how how he got to that level mm. is is just amazing. But it doesn't mean he's not going to get heckled in front of the shed when he makes a wrong call. Don't think that we don't respect him that much. Come oh, on. now come on, we discuss <laughs> we, we, we discuss that sort of uh, attitude and, and respect the ref, respect the oh, man, look, if, respect if he, the role. If he leaves his um, glasses and cane on the <laughs> sidelines before the game, yes. turn it up. <laughs> so, um, Carl Havertz, that's worth the money yeah. paid. How much was he? Sixty mil. <laughs> uh, I think it was yeah, seventy, eighty million or something. Look, it was, I mean, it's not my money. <laughs> so, so worth every cent then. <laughs> I think he's doing it tough. I think it's not been the greatest time for him. But look, just looking at the two biggest goals he scored for our club, you know, the Champions League final and now the winning penalty for the Club World Cup. I mean, that's mm. two trophies himself. You almost say it's money well spent just for those two um, moments alone, really. Yep. So with the EPL, we'll get back onto there. Um, Chelsea doing quite well, third place, uh, what, you know, four points ahead of United. But uh, City's to lose, you think? Yeah, I can't, I can't see. I mean, it's still close. Look, I mean, Liverpool have a chance to put it to a six-point game, uh, six-point 
So yeah, they've got uh, they've got that game in hand, but as do Chelsea as well. But that, that, that's that's true but, enough. And you'd ex- you expect Liverpool to get over Norwich tonight. Yeah, well, absolutely. But I would like to think that even when City and Liverpool meet, wherever that is, um, the City is still too strong for them. They're, they're looking too good. The, I mean, I'm beaten in how many games it is. <laughs> Their win streak was for a while there. So, yeah, they're just, they're just hitting the perfect form at the right time of the season, really. Yep, uh, just making uh, noises in the background there. I uh, was getting a bit on the nervous tension there. So the Arsenal Brentford game. Do you see uh, Brentford uh, getting the double over Arsenal? Because I mean, the you know everyone hates Arsenal. <laughs> it would be brilliant to see because <laughs> I mean, a Chelsea fan, I'd love to have a laugh at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Um, uh, and another uh, fixture that, that stands out is the uh, Leeds United Manchester United. There, there's a lot of um, historical tension in that game. Um, what do you see happening there, or, or do, you, do you think it's just going to be a, a, a beer fest in the uh, in the pubs beforehand uh-huh. and uh, and a, and a dro- dreary old game on the uh, on the pitch? Well, I mean, United started the season like literally the perfect way they could against Leeds at Old Trafford, four-one win. You know, you can't get much better, but then. You look at it now and you think United's not that same team they were that first game of the season. So I think it's going to be a lot closer. I still fancy United gets the job done, but it should make for a great game. I mean, it's a massive rivalry there. And I think it's the first time that Ellen Road can welcome uh, United with fans. So that'll be a great atmosphere too. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, yeah. Again, we, West Brom came up in that, uh, in that same season that, that Leeds did. And unfortunately, we went straight back down. But they, they were absolutely going off their brain, going, yeah, Premier League's back at Ellen Road. And, of course, there's uh, some sort of pandemic that hit. (laughs) (laughs) And they've not been able to get in there for two seasons. But uh, given their due, they've actually stayed in there for the two seasons and we're um, we're struggling to stay in the playoffs. Um, What what chance of Newcastle United being the the most expensive team in the championship next season? Because they're, I mean, they're undefeated in five, but they're still only, what, three, four points clear of relegation. Um, yeah, like I fans didn't stay up. I can't see them going down and just given the fact that I think they recruited very well. Kieran Trippier has been immense for them and then unfortunately he's not yeah. going to suffer a broken foot. So, yeah, no, that's um, pretty soft. I, I, had a, I had a broken metatarsal as well. Okay, it was the fifth metatarsal, which is, <laughs> according to the doctor, was the, the, the easiest one not to get... Uh, to, to, to break, but you know, I played the rest of the season. What's what, come on now? <laughs> when did he turn into Harry Kuehl? <laughs> but I mean, hopefully, it doesn't get into this too much because he has been their best player since signing. So I still fancy him to have enough to stay up, but I think it's going to be a, a dog fight. Yeah, no, I'm just looking at the uh, the, the table. So Watford, uh, second bottom, Norwich, third bottom, and Newcastle are all on four wins for the season. So yeah, it's still squeaky bum time. I would have thought for the uh, for the tuners. Yeah, I mean, I think I think as I said, I don't have enough. I think given Watford, obviously, have been very average form recently. Norwich, they did get some mid, but um, I still think that like the Newcastle squad on paper should just—it's it's a lot better than uh, your Norwiches, your Burnley, and your Watford. So that's my three to go down in my opinion. I think Burnley have finally run their course. So I'd love that trip back to the Hawthorns uh, next <laughs> season. So um, the Euro Leagues, mate. Uh, seen much of the uh, Serie A? I mean, it's been a, it's been actually a really good year. Um, I 
into the Serie A, I think. I mean, I've got a, I've got a mate who's a big AC Milan fan, so I've been kind of keeping up with him. He's obviously over the moon seeing them, uh, you know, do over into Milan. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, so, it's, it's really good to watch, I mean, Juve just not dominate every year. So it's, it's Makes a change, really doesn't it? No, it's a very good year. So, I'm surprised Inter Milan have done as well as they have, given that Conte left and obviously Lukaku, but they brought in Anna Dzeko and he hasn't missed a beat. Like, it, it was... You go from, yeah, getting 80 million and then getting a, a Dzeko or a free transfer. I mean, yeah. how, how perfect that financially. Yeah, yeah. And again, to, with the West Brom hat on, I mean, we were looking for a striker, Ed and Jacko, free transfer. Who did we get? Andy Carroll. Fantastic. Champions League. Did you catch any of the uh, action of that midweek? I sure did. I've been watching pretty much all the games. Um, PSG looks surprisingly good compared to the rest of the season, really, I think they've been quite underwhelming, but all of a sudden, fair they turn it on against Real Madrid and play them off the park. So I, I'll probably put them back in the driver's seat to win the whole thing, in my opinion. Wow. Um, it's between, between them, Bayern and City, I think. Uh, obviously, I'd love to see Chelsea have another chance to go back to back, but yeah, I think that Mbappe is just on another level, yeah. and he's showed his class, especially against the team he's probably going to play for next year. Yep. Um, but yeah, PSG look great. Bayern, they look okay, but I think they'll get their stride for the second second leg for sure. Yeah, yep. And then obviously games to see. We haven't seen the likes of Chelsea um, for a little while in the Champions League. United, who knows? Maybe Ronaldo can come good and win the United the Champions League. Yeah, no, it was good to see uh, Bayern get over those plucky underdogs at RB Leipzig. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how much money do you need to uh, to, to win a, a competition? Just ask RB Leipzig or, or Newcastle, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till they've won it first. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good on you, Pete. Well done. Keep me in check. Uh, Ange Postacoglu, just, oh, con- yeah. just continuing to kick goals at Celtic. What uh, what have you liked there, Aaron? He has been great. It's been such a good sight to see. I mean, everybody's getting around him. Everybody's getting around Celtic in general. Um, obviously, it's nothing to pick up in the, in the Conference League yesterday, I believe it was. So, hopefully, they can turn that around in the second leg. But... Yeah, just in general, the Scottish Premiership, like it's, it's moving right now. Aussies are really jumping off the ball, which is good to see. And again, if Ange can go and win Celtic another another title and kind of take it back away from Rangers, he'll go down in their history books for sure. And then I think it's just almost numbers for him. I think I wouldn't be surprised if you see him probably move to the Premier League at some point. I was just, I was going to say Championship, but I think that it would it could always be a step down going from the Scottish Premier League Premiership to the Championship. I think. It, yeah, no, with that revolving door policy that we have for managers at, at the Hawthorns, when he, when he was available, I was, yeah, I'd, I'd been saying for a long time, if you're going to get a manager, Postacoglu would be the be the, the one to be looking at. But, um, yeah, he's doing seriously well at Celtic. Um, you know, sleeping giants, apparently. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> speak to a Celtic fan. They've always <laughs> been there. That's why they've got the star on their shirt, because they're, uh, they're the better team in, uh, in Scotland. Hmm. Apparently, allegedly, don't, don't, don't quote me on that one. <laughs> that silence could put me under the, under the bus there, Aaron. Obviously not the same thought process. <laughs> not a Hibernian fan, are we? <laughs> uh, now, um, where else were we going to go? Um, A-League, A-League men's. A-League men's. A-League men's, yeah. 
fans, so it would have been really good recently, really good form. But it's weird because every every season we seem to start off like four losses on the trot. We're just thinking it's going to be a long season. Then being we get four, and we're down. I think it's four, four, three or four wins in a row. I'm yeah, yeah. We're really and it's, it's good because we're hitting it early now, whereas last season we hit it too late. Just missed out the finals. Had I think we won the finals, I think we would have been there about to win it, really. I think that's that we'll get the perfect ball. Um, like, we lost Yuli uh, Davila, Tom Mohamed as well, and I thought, yep. oh, they, they are going to be losses, but then Sandoval has come in. The, the new Mexican guy, and he's, I mean, he's the show why we didn't really, we're not missing Davila at all. We've recruited well. I think you folks LA is a fantastic manager, uh, probably one of the best in the league, and yeah, we're in top four. I mean, you've got City, who are still doing well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sydney, they're still there about, they'll always be. Yep. Um, yeah, they, they get a really exciting season in general. Every team can beat any other team on their day. So what do you... Oh, I thought Pete was going to jump in there. No. <laughs> so, uh, MacArthur, w- w- what have you got um, to say about their season at the moment? Being the, 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 the newest expansion club, they're, they're still not where they where we you know, as A-League fans, uh, men and women, mm. um, they're looking to get their women's side in either next season or the season after. What's your assessment of MacArthur? I mean, you would have seen a, f- uh, a bit more of it than we have yeah. over here. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I was on the show the last one of last year, one of last year, and I actually said I didn't fancy MacArthur to do well this year. Yep. So, hope that continues because, again, they took Julie uh, DeVilla from us. So yes, I, I they did. I don't want to say I don't want, don't want to do them well, but I don't think they'll do as well as what they should be doing with that mm. squad that they've built. So, yeah, a bit of an underperforming season. They started pretty well, but yeah, just trying to get that crossroads for now. Yeah. So I've, I've heard a lot of uh, off off the field. There's a lot of grumbling about Macarthur. They they seem to have gone by the uh, the premium route with regards to uh, ticket pricing. They they, <laughs> they charge their tickets through the roof. You'd think, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm not a business owner or anything, but I I would have thought being a new club. You know, trying to trying to establish yourself. If anything, yeah. you'd be selling your tickets cheap, underselling, um, yeah. and they're uh, and they're going the other way. And their crowds. I mean, the, the crowd numbers in the A League this season, as with last season, have a big asterisk next to them anyway because of well, COVID. Yes, yeah. There's been restrictions, and you know, Wellington are playing their games in in uh, Wollongong. Glory's all over the place except for Perth. Um, so you know, the crowd numbers are always going to be a little bit. Well, it doesn't really count this season, so to speak. But you'd think. Um, that they should be looking to up their numbers and instead they just seem to be trying to, I don't know, milk the people that are willing to come, milk the 2,000 people that are willing to come to a, to, to their games. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I, I mean, I've, I've heard they have plenty of money getting to spend on yeah. their players. So to then go and charge the fans to... Again, you're a new club, you're trying to build a fan base. You can't build a fan base charging, you know, more than what other clubs are charging in the area. People are probably rather go watch Wanderers play and get you know, cheaper tickets. Yeah, that's uh, right. I agree with you completely. I think that they'll be charging a lot less for the tickets trying to really build a fan base because, I mean, it's hard because at a second team in West Sydney now. So, it's really competing with Wanderers and then also with Sydney. It means first. So, ye
be remiss of us to not have a chat to you about the Perth Glory, or as they are going to be called in the, for three <laughs> three consecutive games, the Tassie Glory. Um, Garcia claims that he he's not under any pressure. I mean, they've only played the eight games, so they're yeah. three behind the second place team in the in the. The ladder for games played, and Garcia says we're sitting at the bottom, but it only takes a few wins. Wellington were bottom five weeks ago, and now they've gone five games unbeaten, and they're close to the top. So I, I, that would gladden your heart to hear those comments from a from a rival coach. But can you see the glory doing that? Because we we had um, Tony Sage on last week, and his hope, and from the FA, it looks likely to occur, is that there's going to be ten consecutive games for the glory at home in Perth. Nice. Do you think that's going to be? the turning point to get the glory into the finals contention. Absolutely. That Absolutely. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> if they can have a 10-game stretch at home in a row, I mean, that's just... The fans are going to be behind us. You've got Daniel Sturridge. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully the state can play the game starts for some goals. But, yeah, home games are huge. I mean, Wellington, yeah, we've suffered for a few years now not playing enough games at home. But you saw just those two games that we had last year um, in New Zealand. The fan base came out, 30,000, something to the nice end, and it was like, the fans are huge. Um, and so, yeah, 10 games are for you guys. If that happens, that's massive, and it, it will push you on. And again, the season's so close anyway. Like, we we went on the Great Run Wellington, and we're, we're there about, um, you know, possibly getting on top, you know, in a few games' time if we're lucky. Oh, so, hey, 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 <laughs> just come on now. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the World Club Championship gone to your head there, mate. Well, it's, it's Phoenix we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, a little, a little anomaly with the glory, um, obviously having played less games, but we're, we're bottom of the table, so we're 12th out of 12th, um, but our goal difference is zero. So yeah. we've still scored the same number as we've conceded despite the fact we're bottom of the table. Yeah, the problem um, is it's so. eight games and only seven scored. Yeah, but only that's, seven that's conceded. That's so, right. So, so, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's take the positive that, side that, of that. That's my Sabudio stats. <laughs> less than a goal a game and less than a goal against. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's never going to win you too many tournaments. <laughs> Well, yeah. I I hope so. Um, I'm yeah. look. I'm yet to be convinced he's taking it seriously. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, and that, that that's the issue. I mean, he he's, he publicly stated at the start of the season that he was looking to get back into the uh, Premier League. Yeah. Well, if you want to yeah. get back in the Premier League, you need to show at least the Championship that a you're scoring goals and b you're fit. Yeah. yeah. And at the moment. Uh, there wouldn't be too many championship sides taking a punt on Sturridge, at, but there's still uh, uh, again if he's over COVID and things yeah, get back to normal sure and he picks sure up, I'd be more than happy to eat my words there. So why? Um, but yeah, at, at the moment, you know, we've had we've had guest players come over to the A League that have absolutely William Gallus. done brilliantly. <laughs> oh, sorry, you've you've taken the other. I was going to say the, the good ones like the Del Pieros and so what You've gone Brian yeah, the, Dean. You yeah, talk about I yeah, mean, then the other ones. I, yeah, he did score a goal for us did, as he was. I was there. My yeah. my wife actually said he wasn't actually diving for the header. He was lying down for a nap, and the ball happened to <laughs> bounce off his head and into the goals for that one. Yeah, that's true enough as well. Uh, Aaron, like I said, time's got uh, got away from us. We thank you very much for your time this morning, and we'd love to have a chat to, with you about all things football in the near future. Thank you so much for having me on as usual. I've enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, stay safe over in Perth. You bet. Yep, with the Cheers. borders coming down uh, on the 3rd, yeah, we're um, we're waiting for it. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's another topic for another <laughs> show. We're talking about world football, not uh, world pandemics, unfortunately. <laughs> Aaron, thank you very much. Go Knicks. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Good on you.
That was Aaron Trevathan, the Football Tragic podcaster. You can find him on all the uh, streaming sites where you get your favourite podcasts. Gentlemen, time is... Oh, Phil's got to go. No, no, I can, I can either help you here with for 90 seconds. I can give you a refereeing question. Oh, no. No, but we can do it next time. No, go on. I want to hear it. Okay, go on. all right, all right. Uh, team A takes a throw in and the and the throw and throws the ball towards the opponent's penalty area. The ball goes heading directly into the goal. And the defending team player B, not the goalkeeper, handles the ball and stops it from entering the goal. What is the correct decision? I would have thought it'd be a penalty if the defending players handled it, regardless of the fact it came from a throw in. Was it an accidental handball? No, no, it's a deliberate. Did it, did it deliberate, go in d- directly after that? No, no, he, <laughs> he, he deliberately. But what else? You're yeah. right. Oh, uh, uh, probably a red card as well for yellow. Red or yellow? Which one? I'm going yellow. I'll go red. You go red. Why is it a red? Oh, this, again, the goal-scoring opportunity denied. Okay. Actually, no, it wouldn't have been because it wouldn't have been a goal had he not touched it, right? Correct. Yes. I've just realised that because yeah, it would have been a corner kick had he let it go. From a throw-in. From a throw-in, yeah. you can't score a goal. Well done. But it's still yellow card for, yeah, for, yellow. for, yeah. for being an idiot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> As I used to say on regular occasions, I go, what do you mean being an idiot? Oh, I'll just light it up something else. <laughs> Probably unsporting behaviour, who knows? <laughs> there you go. It's just a little quiz to throw. In, ah, good in one. Under. Brilliant. Gentlemen, thank you very much for being with me. It's been Phil Trianides, Pete Skelia. Skeeler. There we go. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. It's taken Penny about four years. So I'm, I'm getting the techni- <laughs> technical sides, and then I'll get the English language sorted later. All right, sweet. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. And we thank you out there in Radio Land for listening to the World Football Program on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. We'll be back again next week. Different team, same topics. Thank you very much, and goodbye for now. Uh, Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.